0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Sunday, December seventeenth, in the year twenty twenty three. Tonight we've got it's a different type of show. I did an interview with Seth from Man in America just about ten days ago, and I just posted. and I I'm going to play that tonight. It was a very good interview. I think you'll enjoy it. He had me on his show, and the uh, the content was good, and the, and I think that the the overall message was something I really wanted you to sh- to you to hear. And I think it's worth playing here tonight. So we'll do that here in just a moment. We really are um, sitting here in a pretty important time in all of our lives. And it's a time when God's really opening up doors in ways that perhaps we never imagined. And I'd say for a lot of us, it never doors we never imagined were even possible. We're seeing relationships forged in ways that are unique and truly Godlike. We're finding ourselves being able to reach into the Holy Spirit and, and heal, walk in places we thought we could never have walked. All of this is part of this time in which we live, in which truly we are in a powerful moment when God is pouring into us. And all we have to do is reach and say yes. Family is really the most important thing right now and this holiday season is one that there's a lot of people that are alone and it's time we also have to take and remember them and pray for them and do everything we can for them. Bard's Nation is a unique community. We come to know each other deeply in spite of being often built on digital relationships. Many people using avatars, not even knowing their real name till later on. And yet, what's been forged here has truly been real in a depth of real that few experience. Since we came together, really as an exploding community, I would just say it that way because we, the Bars Nation community, was building steadily. But in December of 2020, after the elections, things took off, and they took off like wildfire. The growth of the channel was unprecedented and it left me a little bit bewildered. And I, was, I haven't talked too much about this, but it really left me bewildered for some time because you really didn't know what to do with that amount of growth. A channel that I'd worked hard on for a couple of years just to get to 100,000 downloads on Podbean, went from 100,000 to a million downloads on Podbean by the end of January in a span of basically two, two months, two and a half months. And the growth has only continued. And we've had our bumps along the way. And with that, it's just been a continued growth and refinement in what this community really represents. It's the real church. It's where the church is and where the church resides. And so we've seen people come and go. We've seen people be divided over things that they shouldn't be. But the thing is that the message continues and the community continues and we continue to have a very strong foundation in the direction that we go. God seeks unity in the body of Christ, not division. And Unfortunately, when you sit in a place of stewarding something that God gives you, sometimes you're faced with impossible decisions about where do we go forward with this person or that person or do we just have to stay forward and let that person go their own way? And too often, in weakness of faith, people will also often choose an alternate path of going away, because to do otherwise means they'll have to face truths they don't want to. So this is the time of year right now that, with all those things said, we know that there's been an enormous amount of division that has happened not only within our community but within people. With people have had to suffer in our community, families that have turned their back on each other, loved ones have died because of taking the injection. And with that, there's other divisions. Family members that take the path of following LGBTQ or becoming gay or lesbian. All of these things challenge us and challenge us in our faith. Biggest thing that we have going for us is the strength of our faith and what we can do to pray and to heal. And we have to continue to do that. And that's part of even, even here, our Sunday mornings, are our true ministry on every Sunday morning. And I really say that because for two and a half hours, we pray and we heal and we bring God's strength of healing and blessings of prayer into this world. And I don't really know too many churches where people can sit in a pew for two and a half hours, but I know one church it's the church of Jesus, the true church of the heart that does it every Sunday, whether it's two hours, three hours, or even four hours as we have gone. And that's right here in Bar's Nation. All of that is testimony to whom we are and the community that has arisen here. And it's something I'm deeply moved by. It's something that I'm blessed with every day, and I hope you are too. So in this season when we have so much going on and there's a time when there's a lot of weight and stresses with the idea of what family is and whether you have somebody in your life or not, Listen to those voices that need prayer. Find the place in your heart to pick up a phone and call somebody. Send them a card. Do something that reminds them that you're special. And if you're in Bard's nation, hear my voice. You are special. You're part of a very special community here that knows love and knows no bounds to love. And that love heals and it heals brilliantly and powerfully. And that's what we do, and that's what we do best. For those that have walked away, the door is always open, and I've said that all along. And for those that, in this time of year, feel alone, you're not alone. We're here with you as a community, but you're also walking with Jesus. But that's much easier said than the physical presence of somebody. There is no replacement for the physical presence of somebody but there is a big feeling that can happen within our love in Christ. So in a season where we celebrate life, let us celebrate life as what we do best. Love one another, love thy neighbor, raise them up in prayers, and be that person that walks in the body of Christ. Be that person. Because it's there that we find the greatest gift ever. As we give, we find that what we get back is beyond any measure of words, and it's there that we truly demonstrate the true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of the celebration of life in this time of year, and the true meaning of what it is to be born into the body of Christ and remade. So follow that pursuit, remember each other, and let's pray this into a great holiday season this year. It truly is something profound of where we are and how far we've come in something worth praying for and giving praise to God for every single day. And Patriots, with that, we have a nice interview here that I did with Seth Wholehouse of Man in America. This interview was done 10 days ago, and it's about an hour and 10 minutes long. And I think the discussion is worthy of all that we are and worthy to share here. So here we go. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Man in America. I'm your host, Seth Holhouse. There's not a lot of podcasts or shows that I find myself listening to consistently. Um, it's not like I don't trust many things. It's just a lot of it is information I'm not really that interested in, uh, especially when it comes to the clown show of what's happening in D.C. or a lot of the day-to-day news that I think is just a distraction from the bigger topics. And I tend to want to go towards the things that are Just deeper and meaningful, and and reflecting on just where we're at um, as a nation, where we're at as a human race, what time of of history that we're in. Uh, But one of the podcasts I've consistently tuned into is Bard's FM. And uh, Scott Kesterson, who's the host of Bard's FM, has become a good friend of mine. I've met him multiple times. He is someone that I enjoy listening to because he's a very deep thinker, uh, but he doesn't look at things just from the physical, he's very spiritual and how he merges everything together. And so He'll be joining me today, and we don't have a particular agenda uh, in terms of what we're going to talk about, except just really digging into where we're at right now, where our nation is at, uh, what where's the war at that we're fighting? How can we look towards the future? What happens to America? Uh, and I think just try to have a very sober conversation about all these things, because while a lot of folks are focused on uh, you know what the, the breaking news topic is, I, I really believe that our nation and the world, therefore, uh, is in a very precarious place that we're we're on the edge of darkness. I think we're also on the edge of some very good things, but it's, it's we're at a very serious crossroads in history. And so I, I always enjoy talking to Scott. And we're going to be diving into this exact subject and just having an honest conversation with each other. And it'll be more of a conversation than an interview. It'll be more just going back and forth and just sharing because he sees a lot of information on the ground. He has a lot of a, a great reach. He has people all over the world that are feeding information for him to him. And so it's always valuable to get his perspective. And so I hope you enjoy this interview with Scott Kesterson from Bards FM. Also, just a reminder that every show that I do is also a podcast. So it's really easy to go to your favorite podcast app, search for man in America, and you can listen while you're driving, while you're cooking, etc. cetera. So of course, the video is always here for you, but for me personally, I end up doing podcasts far more than I watch videos on Rumble or YouTube because I find that it's just more convenient to do while I'm, I'm my brain's kind of focusing on cooking dinner or driving somewhere. And actually, for whatever reason, I pay a lot more of a atten- more attention when that's how I uh, bring this information into my mind. So, folks, enjoy the interview with Scott Casterson, the host of Bard's FM. Scott, it's. Uh, so good to have you on. I think it's been way too long, but it's it's good to have you here. Thank you for being here with us today.
2: Well, Seth, it's always a pleasure to be on your show, man. We've been busy. We were just talking before the show. We were supposed to do this interview like eight weeks ago, and I was in Ohio of all places, which is where you used to your stomping ground used to be. And I was, it was just a crazy time. I have literally been rolling for two weeks or two months, and finally, just last week, kind of say take a breath and go, huh. I think I could spend some time at home and really focus in on what needs to be done, so yeah, it's a pleasure being here. It's a great thank you
1: well good and, and i and I, I appreciate that and so and there's there's so many things that we can dive into, but something that i've I enjoy about you know your show and what you're doing, but also the conversations that that we have is that um i it's just kind of, it's like sitting down with a like minded person and not just someone that has the same values and everything, but someone that is also you, you've dedicated your life to you know, producing content and to trying to uh, kind of capture the narrative of what's going on and do your best to lead people in, in the right ways to what's good. and But also I think fundamentally that you have it on your heart to help play your role in saving not just this nation, but I think mankind, you know, really helping to uh, save mankind from what could be, I think, a very... Dark, dark future. If the, the the globalists and the elites, and ultimately if Satan gets what he wants out <laughs> of this place, and so it, it's just nice to connect and to see, you know, where's your mind at, and when what's on the front of your thinking these days.
2: I appreciate that. That's very humbling. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that's without trying to sound prideful in any way, but that is true. That is my heart because I, I think we're at a pretty dark juncture in humanity, and I, I think that in a lot of that. um we have a by the way, there's we have the I'm blessed with the Kentrell family here right now. So if we're if we hear children in the background, this is they have 10 great kids. And today's Elijah's birthday, his 16th birthday. So there's a lot of that running around. And I just made cinnamon rolls this morning because I'm officially Uncle Scott. So there's a <laughs> there's a household of excited young children that are about ready to dive into some great cinnamon rolls and some scrambled eggs. So we might get a little background noise, but it's all good. But it's life. I think that's the best thing, right? Um yeah, it, it, this is so much of where we are as a, as a world. We've lost our way in so many ways because we've forgotten what essentially the, the principles of why we're here. And, and you know, I talked a little bit about this in the beginning and I, I, it's the news, like you mentioned that you have a new one on the way, which congratulations. And I just can't tell you how much that just makes me smile because that's truly what our purpose is here is to build families. And um, my path has been, a, as I say, if you want to look at my relationships, it's a train wreck, literally. But it's given me an enormous amount of insight and God's given me a lot of grace and blessing to be able to speak to these things. And so when we really get, it, was, as I look at the past four years where this channel is really, my, my channel really grown. And, and God's elevated that up to be literally a global voice, which I, and I think you would agree.
3: It's nothing you ever seek. You just arrive. Um, the heart of that is returning ourselves as humanity
2: back to the core of who we are, and taking a step away from this slavery, for lack of a better term. But I think it's accurate um, of what we're in, and the world that has sees us all as their chattel and something to exploit and destroy. And a pathway through that that hopefully we'll be able to do so with the elevation of the truth of who we truly are as. Children of the Most High, and do so without the constant um, pressure to seek violence as the only solution. Um, and that's coming too from a guy who has walked literally in the in the battlefields of war. And it's it's just this very narrow. It, it, we are threading a needle right now, and and I think that it's not as hard as we think. But I think it becomes very difficult when we're sitting in the middle of the forest sometimes to realize how easy it is to see the sunshine. But when you're surrounded by a constant barrage of negativity, of failure, of warmongering, of fear-mongering, of destruction of every principle and moral value which we live in, this system is designed to be to overwhelm you and to make you think that there's no way and no hope. And if there's anything I would hope that us as a movement in the patriot movement can express is there is enormous hope but we have to find that in our heart first and we have to walk that hope and we have to hold a line that's sometimes very difficult. And that ultimately means we have to put our faith in God in a deeper way. And in doing so, I think that when we do, we find such enormous blessings and we start to realign ourselves with what's really important in the world. And right now, we need that a lot because as I like to say, our psychopath pedophile elites will do everything that they can to destroy us for their benefit and they have no limits and at the root of what they do is hatred and anger and what the root of way we win is truly the power of love and kingdom love to overcome them with such a mag- such magnitude that they literally have no place to move and i would probably say if you'd asked me to, if i was going to say those words four years ago i'd look at you and say i'm crazy but that's what this journey's done for me and it's pretty profound
1: and, and i want to hone in on that with you today uh and especially the, you know the hope and, and the way forward uh but just you know sharing because it's interesting because you know i'm oftentimes the person asking the questions and you're know, doing the you know the, the the kind of conducting the interviews but there's something about this that makes me want to expect oh gosh well here's here's where i'm at in this right because
3: sure.
1: you know as I <laughs> mean,
3: i agree with you i do this a lot on my own show but um there's times that you just get an opportunity to have a conversation. And I think that's what we're
1: having today. Yeah. It's it's, it's nice, actually. It's really nice. And, it, you know, the ups and downs, as you, you know, recall back when, you know, 2020 election, we, it was here. And after the election, there's all this hope of, you know, Trump enacting, you know, whether it was uh, executive orders or, you know, like martial law or different things to, to, to make sure that their country did not get handed over to the communists. And then we had that you know, heading into the inauguration, we had January 6th, and it was so up and down. And then after January, after the inauguration, there's still all these narratives, a lot of them rooted in, in, in you know, Q and that whole uh, kind of, you know, kind of genre of, of you know, understanding. But there's all this up and down of, you know, will this work? Will this work? And, you know, is this going to happen? Are the arrests going to happen? And, you know, are the, is the big, you know, kind of uh, the big hospital ship off of the coast of New York City, is that for the children? And, you know, the, 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 you know, all these different narratives, you know, then we get to the audits and the cyber symposium and then, you know, 2000 mules and, it, and then the you know, the midterms, like, okay, there's gonna be a red wave in the midterms. And it it's just this constant up and down. And I feel like that lately, I've just felt a little bit withdrawn from it all. Just with this, which just thought of like, what what's there even to focus on? As I'm looking at what kind of content to be covering and people to interview, it's just like, it's like, I can't bring myself just to go back to try to see what's happening in DC, or um, it, it just feels like everything is just so up and down, and so much of what we thought was going to happen has not happened, and so much that we didn't expect has happened. And as we're entering into twenty twenty four, it just it's a whole other whirlwind. And um, so it, yeah, it just I, I find myself in a very unique place of, I mean, ultimately being very optimistic for the future and. Uh, yeah, as we, you know, we talked about, I've got, I've got a, a, a daughter coming in January, which is exceptionally exciting. Exciting. Um, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. And there's a lot of beautiful things like that happening in, in life. But uh, I, I guess at this stage, I, back in 2020, if I would have looked forward to the end of 2023, I would have thought like either we won't have made it there uh, under the, under Biden or something significant would have happened. But just feel like there's this, it's this prolonged tension of what's, you know, what's really going on. And, but fundamentally though, you know, I'd recently asked folks on social media, like what was keeping them up at night? And I had a lot of answers, the border um, elections, uh, Biden, you know, inflation, the the, dollar, demise of the dollar, et cetera. And and I, I wanted to tell them what I thought, but actually I, I had a hard time putting it into words because I think that what really is the thing that worries me the most is that, I feel like the, the fabric that forms our human culture, our human society, our, our cultural norms, that the very fabric itself is being torn apart. And I, I feel like it's not a fabric that man can actually put back together. And that's, like, that's what worries me. Even if we get Trump back in 2024, even if we do so much. Everything has just changed so fundamentally, especially with the, with the introduction of all the, the technology they've got. And, you know, with, with, the, with the children, what's happening to the indoctrination of the children, that it's like the, the very fabric of our society that existed alive and well, a hundred, 200 years ago that, that gave us a code of how to operate as human beings. It's like that fabric I feel like is, is barely there anymore. It's been eaten away by parasites and demons and, and Satan himself. And that's, that's what I think really worries me the most in this.
3: I agree on so many levels here. I'm, only, I'm going to start and I'm going to go back a little bit to what you said, which is content. You know, I do effectively 18 shows a week,
2: generally speaking. Um, when I say that, unless I'm traveling, it gets a little bit disrupted, but as a general rule, So it's three shows a day, except on Thursday. I do an extra show for Brighty on TV. Mike Lindell's asked me to start doing shows over on his TV, and I do two on Sunday. We do an early morning prayer show, which goes about two
3: to three hours, and then we do a late night show. And in the heat of the chaos, the Q period,
2: which we all were part of, and I and I always I don't, I don't admonish or no do I do I rebuke. Reflect negatively on that because it was a it was a spark It woke us up to start looking at things differently, to start using if we really followed what was in the message was think critically, and that was native to me my whole life.
3: But you become lulled to sleep in so many levels, and so um, with that, there was an evolution in that, and and but I think when the real awakening, real shock came for all of us
2: was the 2020 election when we really just couldn't imagine that there wouldn't be a process through our government that would create a a correct solution because it was the will of the people. And I think it was that point that even though I knew it in my heart there was a real realization that this was far beyond the pale. This was beyond something we were deeper in and we started to have to look at everything differently at least myself. Go deeper into my relationship with God, start looking more deeply at what the real motives and shakers were, how bad is it, questions, and start facing things that I would say. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I would think that, yeah, but there's, there's a way through this that we can save it with the military or we can save it with a special operations team or something like that. COVID con was probably the, the real shaker because when it came to initially with the masks and they started talking about the vax, I already knew what this was. And I had seen it, and I'd seen it back in 2012 and 2014 when I worked at the government labs, and it had all the echoes of the Super Soldier Project, which was technology in the bloodstream, artificial blood, all the transhumanist models. And I realized then, and even then, listening to the patriots, and they would say, like, well, these vaccines aren't going to be vaccines. They're actually hiding HCQ. Well,
3: not HCQ, but um, noxychloroquine. and when you looked at the contracts, I mean, I've done DOD contracts, I'm like, folks, these aren't
2: contracts for that. These are legitimate deliverables with billions of dollars behind them. There is,
3: a, there is an engine on that, that has been dispatched here. And we, we rationalized things and we held, we tried to give
2: excuses and stories around people, including Trump, of why he did this or what this would mean. And, and they were great stories. And, and we we did everything we could, I think all of us, and I'm, I'm putting myself right on the point here of trying to really hold to a line of truth always, but trying to interpret things in a complicated way. And somewhere along the way, we we turned a corner where it just became that suddenly you realize that the magnitude of evil in our government was deeper and more corrupt than anything I could have ever imagined. The more we learn about January 6th, the more we realize how much that was the largest wag the dog organized program ever the border is a great issue. And then you start to realize just how many people are captured. It really becomes a story of The Matrix, the movie. And you look at these people down at Border Agents, for example, that are literally just allowing a crime to occur. I mean, there's no other way to put this. And, I, and I've called them out last night. In fact, I was on a rant about this. And you know, for those that follow my program, and, and if you're ever wondering, don't worry, I still do my rants so you can be well satisfied. But, um, but it is, it's, a, it's a higher level of accountability. I think this is where we really go because, as I've followed my own path, and when I really was brought, when God gave me a choice to come back to Him in a bold way in 2017, and I accepted, the path has only been deeper, faster, and faster is the right term because it's just literally like I say, you know, it's it's the refining fires as we go, and uh, and He's been refining me in incredible ways to literally burn out the dross and keep the silver and refine it and as we do that to your point content becomes a big shift because i'm just like you i i look i haven't looked at anything from dc from weeks if not months i have no interest in trying to interpret what's going on in that circus up there i look at the military from an outside optic to just look at the tragedy that's happened to these people not to try to get into the inner politics of what general's done this or that You look at what's going on in our public and, and it just seems to. It always comes back to a couple of things, and this is ultimately where I've settled in. And it does change content. And I would hope, and I and I've seen some some following changes, and I'm okay with that because I know that where I'm following is true. Because when we follow that route and we get down to it, there's a couple of things that are unavoidable, and you can't deny.
1: Hey, folks, I've got a quick message for you. So I'm sure you've heard a lot of people, myself included, talking about the importance of buying precious metals, gold and silver, but What's really behind that? Is just a thing of, hey, buy this gold, buy this silver, right? Or is there something deeper that we should be looking at? So I recently came across some figures about house prices. So in 1930, the average family home was approximately $4,000. Fast forward to 2023, the average family home is just over $400,000. So you have to ask yourself, why is that? Is it because things have just gotten more expensive? No, it's actually because the dollar has lost 99% of its value since 1930, right? When people talk about the collapse of the dollar or inflation, this is what it means. Now, let's take a look at gold. So in 1930, if you wanted to purchase your home in gold, it would take approximately 200 gold coins. So 200 gold coins would purchase the average family home in 1930, about $4,000. Now, if you, instead of buying a home with that gold or cash, you set those aside. If you set aside $4,000 in cash in 1930, it would be worth $4,000 today. What can you buy with $4,000? Can you buy a family home? No, you can't even buy a, a crappy used car. But if you set aside $4,000 worth of gold coins in 1930, which is 200 gold coins, one ounce coins, that would be worth approximately $400,000 today. And this is the key lesson about precious metals. It's not about getting rich. It's about putting your money into an asset that protects you against inflation and against the destruction of the currency, which is what happens to all fiat currencies, especially now we're in the end days of the dollar. And so that's why it's important, maybe not all of your money, but a portion of your money, a portion of what you have, I highly recommend putting it into precious metals of gold and silver, because what it's doing is it's protecting you. This is an asset that has stood the test of time, not just stood the test of time since the 1930s. We're talking about the rise and fall of civilizations. Gold was used to buy houses back in ancient Rome. It's still around. It's an asset that will forever have its value. So folks, if you want to do this and you need someone you can trust, there's no person I can recommend more than Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a very good friend of mine. He's a strong Christian patriot, and he's out to really help people to protect their savings and what you've worked for against the destruction of the dollar, not to mention also protecting it against the dangers of a central bank digital currencies. So to learn more about this, go to goldwithseth.com or call 720-605-3900. Again, that's goldwithseth.com or 720-605-3900. Both those places will allow you to set up a quick appointment where you can talk to a wealth advisor that will help get you started on this path. Again, goldwithseth.com 720-605-3900.
2: One is that we are dealing with an evil that knows no limits. This is an evil that is not human by its very core. It is something greater and worse than we've ever imagined that has taken over the hearts of men and truly is pursuing a destruction of everything from the babies to the elderly. And it does so with pleasure and with with venom. We also are seeing a willful number of people that are part of this, whether they agree to it or not, but they're part of it because somewhere along the way, they've made a decision that it's easier to follow evil than it is to pursue good. And that is just like General Flynn recently stated, I'm so happy he did too, because just the weight of his own voice to acknowledge this, that we have almost every single congressman is blackmailed based on these CODEL trips that they take, and they end up getting
3: blackmailed with underage sex. That then takes you to the root of who they are. Who desires that? And what type of
2: people are these that they are so broken that they have to fulfill themselves through sexual relationships with children and are willing to do so? thinking they're gonna be safe by being outside our borders. This is the evil we're talking about. When we get to the border, we look at what's coming across and we, we don't want to look at it. We, we want to just come somehow keep pretending that the government is gonna be there to help us. And that puts us right down to the front line of those people on the border. And as I sat there and I spoke of it last night and, and I spoke of it again this morning, we're dealing with employees of our government, they've sworn an oath to a constitution and a declaration of independence. And by the very virtue of the, entry of the declaration of independence, all of our rights are given to us by our creator. That means that the fundamental rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the foundation of all of our laws are God-given. And so when you look at people that are willing to compromise that for a union pressure, a pension, um, a, a job security, Because someone told them to, because they're afraid to stand up, it's speaking to a deeper moral bankruptcy within our nation. We don't solve that through voting in Trump. We don't solve that by trying to pass a new law. We have to solve that by a deep, deep reflection into who we are as people and dig deep and go deep. And that means we have to hold ourselves accountable to something higher than us. That's God. When we do, that means we have to start facing the hard look at ourselves. We begin internally. And I've been doing a lot of that, Seth. God's been taking that through me a lot. And it's been a refining fire of intensity that I never thought I would imagine go through. Beautiful in the end, painful to go through. And shockingly, shocking levels of accountability in my life that I've had open testimonies of on the on the on the show, because I, I want my show to always be that real. I want my journey to be their journey. And because there's nothing to hide. And I think that's the biggest thing, is when we get to a place in our world we can finally return to the place and say, no secrets, we've accomplished something. But at this point in time, that fight to me gets into the moral base of who we are as a nation. And how do we restore that? And I, and I, I, mean, I, I think there are some straight pathways to do it, but it
3: requires us to be willing to literally be held accountable. And that ultimately, to your point, Everything we do know is
2: being unraveled. They are trying to tear apart the very fabric of what humanity was built on. That corn, if you look at one of the backbones to any military operation in the modern day, you have to have special operations teams. Without those, the main army doesn't function. The main army won't wanna tell you that, but that's the truth. Without special operations teams, you're not gonna be able to set the conditions for the greater good of a bigger military
3: force using greater good in in inverted commas carefully because we're talking of war, but you get my point.
2: When we talk about this world, the core unit of that, the most elite aspect of that is the family. The family, there's nothing more important in this world than the family. A mother, a father that love and cherish their children in the light of God to protect them under all costs, to keep them away from the the things that go bump at the night to literally raise them up with a heart for the for our god and our lord and to raise them up with the love of this world and people and the and our neighbors to understand the true power of love and not be corrupted by hate or or guilt or the self-admonishing garbage of telling them that their gender is wrong and all of that evil that's there that is literally and if we think about it just the the sheer horror of knowing that there are so many kids right now being modified surgically. They will never be able to bear kids. They will never be able to be what you're doing right now to be able to look forward to a daughter coming into the world because they've been surgically altered. And surgically altered because in the institutions of the public domain, they're being told that they're broken, that God is imperfect, that they were born imperfect, and that they know better in their own heart. And then you have the parents that are just, to me, the most broken of the equation, a sickening statement of where we are as a, as a society. Parents would actually believe that their children were born inappropriate, that they were born less than perfect. God's greatest gift is our children. It's There's nothing greater. And I'm the guy that speaks this as one who has not had children of his own, and yet I know that cost. And so as we started out this today, and you said to me, we have a new one on the way, Seth, I am so happy for you. And it's such a blessing to hear that this is is truly a blessing from God because this is how we win. It is the family unit that when we reestablish it at the root and we get to that and we are willing to face the brokenness of what it is as a nation. Without families, you don't have churches. Without families, you don't have tribes. Without families, you don't have nations. And they know this. And they know this deeply. And that's why there's so much effort is being driven towards destroying children, so they'll never have families. Destroying the fabric of God's greatest
3: special operations group, which is the family, and that's the war. So when we go from a a kind of a arc of my own story
2: in Bard's Bard's FM, and I look at where I was in the beginning, and we're hitting hard, and we're digging in the trenches, and blades are out, and we're cutting and slashing, and we're going ferociously at the enemy, and trying to. Un- un- and turn turn over every stone.
3: I think the most shocking part for me in the last nine weeks of deep, deep uh, maturing in the channel was that all along, the silent war was there to destroy
2: the family in such a way that even if we won the battle, they would have won the war. And that to me is where the focus now has to be in full scale. and to make that aware. Because without the family, this nation will never survive.
1: Hey folks, I have a quick message for you. Thank you so much for watching, listening to this interview. I have one small request. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, could you please share this interview with one person? Just one person. Because of censorship and shadow banning, it's so hard to get this content out to more people. And the only way we can really do it is when you help by sharing it. So if you like what you're listening to, hit pause. Share it with one person. It helps so much. Thank you so much. And this goes back just to you know some of the core communist, you know, kind of concepts and, and strategies of replacing the family unit with the government, you know, weaning the the, the child off of the mother's teat and, and straight onto the the teat of big government. And it's uh well, because they they know because the, it's the family that you you mentioned, the community, the church, the some of different functions of of the of that. But what it is, I think, also is that the family becomes the mechanism that protects the child's innocence from the evils of the world and the evils of our own government, our own institutions, our own media and entertainment industries. Like it's a family with the the, the man at the head of that household, you know, working together with his wife to protect those children to allow them to grow up into people that will carry on that fight and that will then protect their children and their children and that as that spreads like seeds you know as, as you know and in, in, in planting it's amazing to me that you could plant one plant the seeds that come off of one plant can fill half a field and the seeds that come off that next harvest can, can feed an entire village I mean that's 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 God right there. Like that's God right there, right in front of you. Like how much abundance there is. And I think that's what the family should be. But it's almost like the same way they're making Monsanto seeds that won't, you can't replant them, right? You have to go back to the government to get the next year's seeds. It's the same exact thing they've been trying to do to the family. And I, I couldn't agree more that that's the, and also my journey, that, that that's become the, the, the foundation of, of how we fight.
3: I agree. Changes us in so many ways, you know. And the so I, at this point, I'm I'm I'm, I'm smiling because I don't know if you can hear it, but there's just there's all sorts of craziness going on in the house right now, and I'm good with it. And Kentrells um, are uh, Paul Cantrell and Christine Cantrell, I've Come to know them over this last year when we met. It was like we were a long lost family. They have. 10 children, they have another one on the way. And um, Paul was called to sh- lay down his business. He had a very successful business in Portland and just take his family on the road and do ministry. And so at Bards Fest, um, at the end of Bards Fest in Kentucky, um, Michelle Svenson of the Resistance Chicks
2: uh, prophesied that there was going to be 12. Three days later,
3: Christine sent us notice that she was pregnant. So we've been having the debate of whether it's twins or not, but we don't know. But anyway. They, God put it in my heart to invite them up to the property to settle in for a while. And that's no time limit. We have 80 acres up here. These are 10 young people that are energized and running on the land and
2: seeing cows and calves and Getting to starting to get their hands into the real life of what God intended us to be. I'll be bringing on horses here in the next month. Um, and it's a whole process. That's a whole story of being told I need horses. And I went up to an elk hunt in Montana. Didn't see a single elk, but I got to ride. And it was just like the, the, native, the nativeness and deep coding within me that came from my grandfather awoke. And I was literally riding.
3: I, I've been riding for years. I'm like, okay. That needs to happen. Um, When we start to see the nature of this fight and truly how powerful children are in our world, not only as little people to nurture, but equally what they bring is a gift, the gift of unrestricted love, the gift of a connection to our Father.
2: And to be able to hear that voice better than we can, we start to realize that really the gift of children is a two-way thing. It's not just us raising them, it's them maturing us. It's pretty amazing. And the enemy knows this. The enemy knows the power of a child. And we have to be honest to ourselves because we've been in denial about this for way too long. You don't have 750,000 children go missing every year because children are unimportant or unloved. It's because the enemy knows who they are. By, by the statistics given by the Vatican, one of the whistleblowers, you don't traffic 8 million children globally every year simply because
3: it's, they're unloved and unwanted. It's because they're being stolen and used for the, the power rituals that they do.
2: We can't sit back anymore and say, well, um, this witchcraft and satanic rituals don't matter when it's those very people that rule the world. Not because they're stronger than God. It's because we gave them the authorities to do it. And when we start to really put those optics back on us, and we have to go back to, we have to start looking at things like Margaret Stanger and the whole evolution of eugenics. And we have to go to Aleister Crowley and we have to look at all the rituals and sex magic that they do. And then you have to look at your modern world and you look around and go, why does everything, why has everything become sexualized? What have we done to our children? What are we doing to ourselves? Why is it that 70% of the pastors in this nation are addicted to porn? Why is it that 70 or 80% of men deal with a porn addiction? What, What are we dealing with? Because it is the most destructive force known to man. It is how you destroy the family, it's how you destroy men, it's how you take the father out of the picture, the father of the family. And ultimately, what is that about? It's weakening the children so that they turn their eyes to the state and see their state. As their parent and nurturer, which is exactly the what we call the communist model. That battle line at the, the battlefront we've, and I, I was saying this the other day on the show, I've I've traveled the world to fight wars, only to open my eyes and look here and say the war was always on the home front. We just didn't see it because the war was always here, to destroy the ability to have families, to reduce their size, to make it impossible for a society to regenerate. We're at 2.3% birth rate right now. That is that is beginning the death spiral of any nation. And in the meantime, we, we're dealing with the consequences of a vax that is so destructive. Not only has it left millions disabled, killed potentially millions in this own country, though those stats are hard to identify, but we know it's there. But they've sterilized people that we don't even know the numbers. and it's sterilizing youth and we won't know those effects for years. And then at the same time, your borders get open and they flood in with the replacement people. That's what we're dealing with. This is a replacement strategy. It will bring with it the terror and violence to try to break people's final will, submit and give in. And where you and I, I believe, would see this, and I know that the people I I have in my own community see this as fire, and say, I'm "Not going to let this happen." There's still so many people that just kowtow and say, "I can't take it anymore," and that's the those are the ones I have to reach. For me, those are the ones I'm out here going. We know we need you, and God loves you, and you are forgiven. Now stand up, soldier, and fight, because this is the hour. This is when it all matters right now, and that that is the most important thing for me every day when I step in on this mic
3: and knowing that God gave me a platform that reaches 100 100 countries plus um
2: even to the point now that I can't even track statistics not because their numbers are too big it's just because they're too erratic but I, I, I can tell you by the way people listen and the emails you hear and the phone calls you get it's like how did you hear about the show and it's like somebody who's who's downloaded it and sent it over on a file, and we're at that level now. We're not even at the level of main listening, right? And that's that's fantastic. I mean, that's almost, it's the dream, because you it's almost underground. It, it's not showing up to where they can track you well anymore, which I'm like, good, happy about that. But that's ultimately the core message for me these days. And, and again, circling back to your comment, it doesn't, it changes your content, it changes your daily focus. You don't get up and just rip through Telegram real quick and grab some stories and make a show. You're reflecting more on what's the purpose and intent of what I'm trying to accomplish. You have to dig a little deeper. Your research has to change. And with that, hopefully, if we're listening well to what our Father wants, we're delivering something of such substance that it stays in the heart and it doesn't flash off in the
3: pan quick. And it resides there and lets people mull it over. You know, um, we've had some big developments on Bars Nation, which maybe we can talk about just briefly in a minute. But ultimately, it's all about building community. And ultimately, it's not about numbers. i want make this clear. I, uh, I've had people, when I really started
2: pushing the family message, I had people literally saying, like, if you deviate from your politics, people will leave your
3: channel. And I'm like, okay. I didn't build it for numbers. Build my channel for truth, like you were talking in the beginning, to get down to
2: the root of what's important to face a crisis in our time that is unprecedented where every single thing is being destroyed. And where I think you and I can have common ground here. I mean, not that we don't, don't have common ground, but in this particular topic, this is bigger than politics. You're not changing this with a vote. And we can spend hours paying attention to the Trump trial But you're not stopping the war that's going to last, the one that is destroying kids and family. And you, as a parent, and especially as a new parent, I I would imagine that's a passionate, passionate thing in your heart because you have such an amazing responsibility of life and nurturing and protecting. What does that look like in a world that says we want
3: your kids, we want to destroy them, and that that lights fires,
1: right? Oh, it it certainly does. I mean, it certainly does. so where you know, you mentioned that you do have a lot of hope and in this positive outlook. And so what is that hope rooted in? Like what 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 is it that gives you that hope? Um, I'm sure fundamentally it's it's just faith and knowing that God's ultimately in control. Um, but kind of expand on that and how that comes into just when you're looking through the lens of just the the, the filth that we see around us and the destruction that we see around us. How are you able to find that? And then um, also, then, then in terms of this fight, what do you see as the the very practical things to to fight in this battle? Because it seemed like, say, a couple of years ago, it was oh, go make memes and put memes, and this is digital warfare, and we're digital soldiers, and this whole thing. It's I'm like
2: laughing. so true. We all get <laughs> right? it. That's kind of yes. laughing. <laughs> Not like making another meme, we're going to win the war.
1: <laughs> yeah, So, I, I guess you know, where have you arrived at that in terms of? Um, you know, like this is, it's not even a fifth generation war, you know, warfare. I think you actually talked recently about, you know, sixth generation and more. It's, it's spiritual warfare, which how do you even categorize yes. that using human terms? But anyway, I asked you multiple questions there. I guess I'll just, I'll let you answer as you oh, can
2: That's a, it. a great setup and I appreciate it very much.
1: Um, Folks, I have a quick message for you. Look, the 2024 election is do or die for the globalists and communists that have infiltrated our country and are currently running it. And they either have to win or they're going to destroy America so nothing is left either way. And if you're the person that's watching this show and following this information, unfortunately, you have the weight on your shoulders of making sure that your family is prepared, especially as we head into this next year and this next election cycle. Because unfortunately, I think it's going to get rough. And one of the ways I know they're going to target us is through our food supply. You can see all the food factories burned down. You can see the warnings of coming famines and food shortages and everything like that. And food is one of the number one ways totalitarian regimes have always used to control the populations destroy the food supply so if you don't have at least two three four five six months worth of stored food i highly recommend you take that very seriously because look as i mentioned if you're the person that's watching this you're the person that carries the burden of making sure your family is prepared I would recommend at least six months, if not a year of storable food. So if things go haywire, whether it's grid down or terrorist attack from what's coming across the border, that your family can safely stay in place and you can feed your family. So folks today, go to heavensharvest.com and make sure you get your storable food that'll last for up to 25 years. Just in case things go south, you know that you have what's going to take to feed your family, which is so, so critical for us to get through this next stage of history. So go to HeavensHarvest.com today, order your food that last up to 25 years and use promo code Seth to save 15% on your entire order. Again, that's HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code Seth, S-E-T-H, to save 15% on your entire order.
2: I think I'll start by
3: saying this. We, we like to say things like God wins. And I think, that's a, I think that's a bunch of vanilla icing over a bad cake and
2: really good vanilla icing. It makes us feel like, oh, it's going to be great. And then you get inside of it, and you're like, this
3: cake has absolutely no flavor. We really get to the root of what we've, what we've been given. I think we have to ask a fundamental question
2: in the sense of belief, and that is this. Either Jesus and all that he stood for was right, or it's the biggest lie ever written. And we have to make a decision. And I made the decision. And that decision's been a growing decision. But at a certain point over the last, I don't know, I I could give you certain key benchmarks, but there's been a progressive point where finally,
3: when I just said, I'm going to walk in the yes, and yes, Father, I'm going to do whatever you bid on my heart to do. And put myself all in into that walk to say that whatever Jesus said we can do, I'm going to say we can do it, and let's figure out how. That's kind of the root of hope to begin with. And with that comes some pretty amazing things. Obviously, the principal issues of what Pastor Dave Bryant from the Church of Glad Tidings calls the short list, which I always love the way he puts it, but spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ healing the sick and broken, casting out demons, raising the dead, and doing greater works. Those greater works is literally as Peter walks on the water, as Jesus is walking on the water. So either those stories are true, or like I said, it's the biggest lie ever written. And I say they're true, and I'll walk my life that way. But there's really no in-between. So once we go there, we start to realize how much authority we have.
2: And this is where that hope really starts to burn bright. Because we've been told that we have authority over all all snakes and scorpions, which happen to be cults, by the way, of the Egyptian order, of the black arts of both external and internal forces of destruction on humanity, and authority over all the enemy. Jesus also told us that we can do all that he did and greater works than he. And as I always say on the phone, I don't know what that is, but I want some of it. Because if he's saying, I can do greater than that, I just need to know how to get there. And ultimately, if we're going to be honest with this walk, we understand that we are dealing with, in God's eyes, a world of perfection and no sin. And we have to figure a way for us to literally do as Jesus said to the adulteress who was accused by the men with stones in their hand. After he dispelled them with words, and this is a, such an important point, he didn't dispel them with threats. He dispelled them with words by asking them questions that made them reflect on their own heart when they walked away. And then he asks her, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none here, my Lord. And he said, now go and sin no more. Profound statement that we, we wash over quickly in scripture. This is pre-cross. He could never have lied. And it's not just limited to a moment, it's a statement that within our heart, if we truly accept the fullness of what he has to offer us, we can live that way and walk that way. And I don't know what that looks like, Seth, but I'm pursuing it with a fire like I've never had because it's exciting. And part of that is to go to our life and look at what we've done and be accountable for it. We have the most amazing and loving God and he's in this world and he says to us, be repentant. Our churches tell us, be repentant and be guilty. And I say that's garbage. Because God does not sacrifice his only son for us because we're unworthy. He does so because he sees the glory of what we are in his creation within us. And it's we're in a fallen world. We're in behind enemy lines. We're surrounded in a spiritual realm by things that are truly evil, truly evil. And we see it. And right now, in this time, if, we, if we're willing to take that breath in and say, what am I seeing right now? We're seeing the manifestation of that demonic world into the physical. How else can you explain like marching your children to the altar of Baal to have their genitals cut off? That's old. That's scriptural. And there's again, for those of you, for those who have not read the Bible, read it because it's there. It's already happened. We've already been through this thing before. The era of mutilations and the era of transgenderism and all of this has occurred in the past because it's the rise of evil that's trying to destroy the perfection of God. So the hope rests in that understanding that as a son of God and the son of the most high a god that is forgiving a god is gracious a god is merciful a god is ever loving he's also a god of wrath when it comes to protecting his children and he will stand with us and fight with us but he just asks us to stand in the most pure way so that requires us to have an obedience and faith to him that's greater than anything to completely put it all before him to lay it all down to say, I will give up everything for you. From a from a person from a family that means laying your children down. I mentioned the Cantrells and why we share this so deeply. Paul took his entire family with an amazingly successful business, and the Lord told him, "I need you to shut your business down, go down the road. No extra funding, no that nothing in place." Paul used their resources. They set up a nice travel system, and. He just laid his whole family down the throne and said, okay, Father, I trust you. And every step along the way, it has worked. It, it goes differently than we, the way we think because we're still clutching on to the material world. But everything around our world is defined by a relationship of Babylon, right down to the Talmud and all the nonsense that goes on in that dark cult of hell. And as we step back from that and realize that we don't need these systems, I think that's part of the gift we're living in now because it's a gift of choice. And we're seeing the enemy literally flailing. We have two ways of looking at this. And you, and we've all heard this metaphor: glass half empty, glass half full. I think if we are just realistic, um, the Taoists say the glass just is. That's is what I always love. The Buddhist and the Zen, and the Zen, and the and the Taoist. The Taoists will just say the glass just is. And, and I love that piece because when we just look at the glass just is, what does it look like? And you have to ask yourself a simple question. Why is the enemy revealing everything? Why are they exposing themselves to such a degree? Why are they throwing it all in when they don't even have victory before them? What, what is it that they're desperately trying to do? Now, some will translate that to say, well, Jesus is returning. Like, Okay, I'm not going to say yes or no on that because I don't have that. That's not for me, nor has God given me that to speak. And I'm definitely not one that goes to the revelationist end of times theory because I think it's very disempowering because ultimately people go to a place to say, well, then I'm just going to wait for Jesus to fix everything. Jesus gave us victory on the cross. It's our role to bring victory into the world because he gave us the authorities to do so. And there is the hope. The hope is fantastic because it doesn't take more than As we're reminded, the 33,000 were reduced to 300 with Gideon and the fire of the 300 blew horns and broke pots of light and scattered an enemy. It was far beyond their measure to ultimately destroy themselves and then be to pursue to be destroyed. So when everything looks the darkest, as for many, it seems that way, you're clinging on to the wrong things. You're clinging on to the institutions of men that are broken, thinking you're going to fix something that was never right in the first place. And that's ultimately, I think, the greatest lesson from the last few years is we all did it, myself included. And I, I say it openly. I mean, it's not that it was a wrong, it just that we didn't see it well enough yet. And we got to a place where we suddenly realized we're asking questions like, okay, what was Q really? Well, Q gave great gifts as an, op- as a, as an operation. It gave you the spark to start looking at things critically, but it wasn't a worship, it, it became an idol. What was Trump? Trump gave us the opportunity to realize how many of us there were, and how united and peaceful we were in our hearts when we came together, but Trump became an idol. And every step along the way, we keep transferring our faith from God into the faith of men, and that's where we stumble. So if we can keep our eyes on God and understand that He has given us, as the stewards, princes, and priests of this world, the authorities as we have, we then become the change in a most powerful way. A year and a half ago, If you ask me what deliverance is, I couldn't tell you. A year later, Seth, we we did a Bards Fest where deliverance was the theme, breaking off demonic chains and controls and going into deep healing in people. I have seen the power of the living God. I have seen the miracles before me. I have watched somebody come in, wheel themselves in or be wheeled in in a wheelchair and leave their wheelchair behind and walk out. I have seen a man walk on canes, had walked on cane, two canes for his life. He prayed on, and one hour later, as I walked past him, I said, what are you doing? He says, I don't need these anymore. He threw them in his car, took off his compression socks, and two days later, climbed into the baptismal tub on without assistance. I've, we have cured cancers with prayers, testimonies after testimonies. We had a guy that was in, uh, off one of the islands off of Africa that was scuba diving and was run over by a, by a fishing boat, tore him open in the midsection, broke his pelvic and almost, he was on critical care, didn't expect him to survive. We were asked to pray for him, we prayed. One week
3: later, he flew home to Illinois on a plane. So one can't tell me that this war isn't winnable. We just have to believe. And when
2: we embrace those authorities and understand that we do have the power, and the power comes through him, Our power comes through our our acceptance of Jesus, our repentance, and our walk there. This is the fire I chase. And it is a fire. And nothing that stands before me even shakes me. I've had the opportunity to pray with people at unprecedented levels. I've had the opportunity to face demons that people don't even want to admit they exist. Most churches will tell you that's nonsense. And yet it's there. And in seeing that and getting those freed, I've seen people transform. I've seen age fall off of their face. I've seen terror leave them. I've seen them return to places that in the psychology world or medical world, they tell you it was a miracle because it is. That's all I can say. We had our photographer at Barts Fest have a massive stroke four days after Barts Fest, she got home. Her husband, Jim, found her on the floor. She'd been unconscious for 10, 15 minutes without oxygen. They said a third of her brain was dead. So we began to pray. And he began to pray. And he, he cleared out the room in the ICU. And he, he told doctors, you're not allowed to speak anything of death in this space. No spell casting of how long she's going to live. You have to speak life only. They prayed. We prayed. This went on for six weeks. She is now home. She's walking. She's talking. She's doing everything she said they would
3: never be able to do. Handy is back. And she will be our photographer again. See, when we start to truly lean into this, that
2: fire of hope that I have is so massive. So massive. So just as a personal note, I, I mentioned this to you, and you ask about action. We need to start taking the actions that restore the damage we've done wherever we can. So this may be a little TMI for people, but it's the story that I'm on, and it's just where I tell. So nine weeks ago, I put in my heart, and it was a dramatic moment when I was literally. I can tell you right where I was. I was in Ohio. I was not too far from Milford. I was filling up the tank of my Jeep, and I was at a I was at a uh, one of the truck stops, Love's Truck Stop, in fact. And I suddenly had a realization that I had had a vasectomy 21 years ago. And that I had interrupted God's gift. I mean, if God didn't want us to have children, he would have given me an off switch. This would be blunt. And the magnitude of this blew over me. And I was like, I literally interceded on behalf of God. I told the God, I know better than you. It's a very powerful
3: moment. So I began doing research and and I found a clinic down in in um, in Arizona. And it's down in Tucson.
2: And they, they're known as they're the international clinic for vasectomy reversal, also known as DADS again. The most amazing experience there. Walking into a clinic where everything is about life and not death is, a, is a, first of all, a mind bender. Every, the walls are covered with pictures of babies that they brought into the world. They have a map, two maps. One is global and one is, is North American. And when they, when you come in, you're
3: doing your indoctrination, they have you put a pin on where you're from. And, as I did, I looked around, and this single doctor who will tell
2: you if he could win the lottery and do this for free, that's all he would do for the rest of his life, who is the best at what he does. I looked at this, and there's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of pins on this map of people he's restored and babies he's brought, he's brought into this world. He's not an open, he doesn't claim to be a Christian, he just follows his heart of God. And I'm like, brother, I don't care who you are, you've got a seat in heaven, I'm going to tell you right now. He's an amazing man. I've gotten to know him. So I had my
3: reversal of surgery went perfect, better than they've ever seen, in fact, by their own words. And at the end of that moment, um, near the very end
2: of the surgery, I heard the voices of the of the physician's assistant saying, we're, I think we're losing it. And he began to shake me. And the doctor turned to me and he's speaking to me. He says, Scott, the surgery is going great. The surgery is going great. My heart rate went from 55, 54, down to 25, suddenly just dropped. And they were panicked. thing is, I wasn't. And this is a true testimony, because I was sitting in the arms of God. As he was looking at me, and I was looking at him. And all I got was, you're doing well. Keep going. So the fire and the passion ultimately comes down to the family of us restoring that root of the family, of what it is to build build big families again, to grow and prosper as he intends, to take the blessings that he wishes us to bring. And there's hope. There's hope as you are bringing that hope yourself into this world of bringing a new child in. this second one. You become the steward of life and hope for a kingdom. And every bit of that is a mantle of glory that God's giving and passing off. And that's there for anyone to take. It isn't to try to take your child in and say they're broken because I know your heart well enough. You know that child is beautiful and perfect as it comes into your arms. And that's the celebration he wants us to have. And that's ultimately where we win because once we get rid of that corrupted element where people believe that they are broken, start to realize that they are perfect as God intended, and it's the beginning place of doing greater things in the kingdom, there's no stopping that. And that's what the enemy fears the most. So we, for me, I see the vulnerable point. I see the point of vulnerability that I will attack against the enemy. I will defend for the families. I will attack it like any war I have ever done. And it makes me smile every time because I know that no matter what happens, that enemy's quaking and shaking. They don't know what to do because once this is out, of the, out and into the open, there is literally no stopping it. So just as a footnote on that, um, this whole process has led to a short documentary we're working on. And it's gone, and it's, it was, the title was, was prophetically given by Michelle Svenson from the Resistance Chicks. My first film was Bards of War, Fighting is Everything. And I prayed on this for a long time. What's the second film, God? Well, the second film is Bards of War, Family is Everything. And it's the story, it's a three strand story, a story of the origins of the eugenics program and how deeply it corrupted our families. It's the story of myself in, re, in looking at that and saying, I need to reclaim that, op- that gift that God gave me as, and by the way, there's nobody in my life. There's not any and ch- any hope of any target of having kids. It's what's doing right for him. And that story of going in that process. And then the third part of that story is the story of what family is spoken by the Cantrells who have 10 kids and apparently another one after this on the way. We'll see. So. That story, which will be released on January 11th, which is my birthday, is truly the motivation of all, is the not necessarily the motivation, but the framing of so much of this fight. Because when we get to that root, there is no, there is nothing the enemy can do to stop the love of children and to stop the love of family. And once we get over their propaganda, their nonsense, their continual attacks and corruption of our mind, and we re-embrace the glory of what kingdom gave us in our heart and the authorities which we have to carry, world's ours. And I believe, I truly believe in my life and in yours, we will see that glory happen because it is so lethal to the enemy and they are so panicked. And I will revel at every moment they shake, And every moment they rear their head in anger to expose themselves because it's just another moment to slay them and smote them and free another
3: from their control.
1: And what's amazing about it is that this is where the war is at. As you would know better than anybody that, you know, being over in the Middle East dodging bullets, that kind of war is hell. But building families, building communities, uh, you know, bringing more people back to God, if that's what war is, this day and age, which I believe that's what it is, it's the most fulfilling and joy-inducing war that I could ever imagine fighting. Like the 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 the, the beauty of a of a, a child. Uh, you know, you mentioned things that go bump in the night. Well, last night, you know, I, I had early interviews this morning, and my daughter she woke up a few times last night. And one of the times that she woke up, um, my wife went up there, and and I this was morning. What happened? She was she has an, an air vent. The air vent was making noise, and just, mom, I'm scared. There's a dragon outside my window. <laughs> she heard this, this noise. And it's just like, ah, oh. it's like the beauty of a, of a child this, it yeah. brings so much, so much joy. So Scott, do you have any, any closing words for people? And also uh, I, want, I want to make sure that you tell folks where they can find you and your show and, and, and that whole community that you're, you're building.
2: So, real quick, just on that, because we did have a we have a really great thing going, which you're welcome to be part of. We'd invite you over. We'd love to have you there. We launched our own social media program off of BarsNation.com. It's called Community.BarsNation.com. It it functions as a hybrid of between Facebook and Telegram, and it's it's just it's there to build community. Our whole focus is building community and people, bringing people together, and it's wonderful. It's rich. Uh, so, our new website, BarsNation.com is where everything hubs off of. And then we also have a second site, which is bardsfest.com, which has the previous festivals. And it also has um, uh, it has all the, the archives of the previous festivals, of all the live streaming that we did there. So that's rich in content for people to see. Um, our podcast is still at, you can go to Podbean and it's bards.fm. Podbean, if you want to go to the Podbean site where we actually do live stream, um, I live stream almost every show there. And that's probably going to do a shift here in the coming next couple of months because we're, I'm trying to, um, we're testing right now a self-hosted live streaming capability on our site so we can kind of and break away from the other live streaming outlets and then just be able to network the podcast out there. So that's just kind of the locations of stuff. Welcome everybody that's there. I um, invite you to come, it's fantastic. Um, so just kind of final words. I, I think that it's always a pleasure talking with you, Seth, and I'm really honored to be on your show. And I, I think that I would just say to people, there are not a lot of shows out here in this day that are gonna give you content of hope and change. You're one. I think I feel truly that I am one. I think that Michelle and Leah the Resistance Chicks are one because we're talking about bigger issues and there's a few others. But really seek the content. Seek the content if you're going to do things that expand you beyond just the daily drudge of of the politics and the things that are mindless, endless, and built on chaos because God's not a father of chaos. That's the father of
3: lies. Spend time in the Word, seriously. and I And that's it's important because right now we've got to get closer to God in this time. And it's what he's asking of us. And when we do, the rewards are immense. Don't have fear. If there's one thing and God tells us 365 times in the Bible, don't have fear. He says, fear not. Fear
2: is the most corrosive element you could ever have. And it corrupts everything. It gets into our mind. It gets into our heart. It gets into twisting things around to such a degree that literally we lose our perspective on life. And be conscious of what you say. Be intentional about your words. Because the w- enemy we fight is very good at spellcasting, to getting us to believe things that aren't true. They're doing it a lot right now. We've seen a lot of fear mongering with these wars. Step back, speak speak truth and speak life in, in what you do. Think about what you say. We're not, We're not creatures of death, we're creatures of life. And when we truly embrace that in every aspect of who we are, we change the world.
3: Don't ever underestimate the power of one. And the final ish point I would say is walk in the yes. Be obedient to him. When he asks you to do something, do it. And if it doesn't make sense,
2: you need to check in with him. Good. But seek his voice so you can hear him and speak and walk in the yes. And when you do, everything gets a lot easier. So I'm going to say, you know, it's just a whole lot easier. We're going to win this. It's going to get rough at times. I don't know how rough. Depends on how well we all do together. But we're going to come through this like we do in all things because at the end of the day, this enemy mocks. It doesn't create. God creates. And he's created us. And we are greater than you can ever imagine. And if you don't believe you're that great, Just go read the red letter language of Jesus and realize what he gave us and what he's telling us and how great we truly are. And consider the fact that God took his only son and he sacrificed him for us. And that is such a profound statement. As you as a parent, we think about how this would be to sacrifice your child for another. That speaks to how great he sees we are in our heart. So take the burdens off of telling yourself you're unworthy and start living into the I'm worthy. Because God loves me. And when we do that, love is the most powerful, most deadly, I have to say most ruthless weapon ever deployed in the universe. Because when we hit it hard and we hit the enemy hard, they don't have an ability to stand. That's all they're left with is either being cast off to the lake of fire or weeping
3: at Jesus' feet. But either way, we win. So it's pretty good.
1: Well, Scott, wise words to conclude with. And again, I thank you for for being here, I encourage everyone who's watching or listening to to check out your work. That there's no shortage of uh, sh- no shortage of new content every week, <laughs> every day. Uh, it, it, you're just a machine with the, the amount of stuff you put out there. It's, it's so, um, yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the role that you're playing and the community that you're building. I'll make sure that the links that you talked about go into the description so people can uh, can go there after the show and 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 join you and listen to you and. Thanks for giving me the time. I know you're really busy, but it's just, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show.
2: Seth, so that's great. We'll get you on the show here real soon. You and I always have great conversations and things are settling down now I can get you on. I know I can schedule and keep this. That's a big deal. So <laughs> that
1: sounds good. Thanks, I look thanks forward for putting to up it. With my schedule. <laughs> of, you know, course. On so of course. Of course. Take care and God bless, Scott.
2: God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Well, Patriots, that was the interview with Seth Holhouse of Man in America. And just one that was really inspired by Holy Spirit as I spoke there and just one of the one I wanted you to hear. It's, we live in a very powerful time and one that we can never lose hope on. Love is the center power of our fire. And that power of love is so much greater than anything we've ever imagined as we step into it. And love truly is all that God needs and all he needs in our hearts and all we need in this world. A love that is so overwhelming, a love that is so conquering, a love that is so incredibly powerful and, and rooted in the fire of what Holy Spirit is and what God represents in all things, that it brings an enemy to its knees, no matter how mighty they are, or as I said, they get a one-way ticket to the lake of fire. But either way, we win, and we can never forget that. And in Bard's Nation, we have that at the very root. Always remember that. So as we begin, we end. In a season such as this, love thy neighbor. Reach out, show people the power of what Christ is in your heart, be Christ, be that walk, and let God flow through you and through all we do. So keep your head up and your eyes forward, never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us, he'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
4: Racing mountains, I